I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, welcome to This Might Help with Matt Bronger, the super fun and for fun advice podcast. Like I always say, I don't know why I started doing this. Uh, it's fun and people seem to be getting help from it. I get some awesome people on the road that are like, hey, that really got me through some hard times. That's awesome. But as I always say, if you need actual clinical help, as I use, I have a therapist, go to that. This is for fun. But hey, it might help. Who knows? Anyway, um, as we always have a wonderful guest, once again, I have a wonderful guest because I don't miss. Folks, I've got a guy who I'm friends with and he's also a good friend. Um, he's what I call an actual actor. And I hope he takes that for the compliment it is. John Ross Bowie is on the show. Hi, How are Matt. You, I'm great, man. Um, I, uh, I'm going to start introducing myself as such. Uh, like, oh, yeah. what do you do for a living, man? Oh, I'm an actual actor. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is it is a thing. It is a thing. Are, you know. Are, are you distinguishing? Are you and I and I, I certainly mean no disrespect to anyone, but are you distinguishing me from the the stand-ups you know who kind of backed into acting? No, 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 no. I don't because I I feel like a lot of them are are very good, and I'm and I I pass. I think, but I feel like yeah. you're one of those people who has booked jobs. And, you know, he, to throw in, you know, your plug or really early, you have a podcast called, is it Household Faces? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, about basically about working actors who yeah. might not be what you might call super famous or something like that. And I feel like you definitely fall in that category. I fall in that category. Um, and it's it's that thing where it, I think it's just I think it, all I mean is that you you have worked and do work, if that makes any sense. Sure, sure. Okay, I'll take it. That's, that's... All the time are not actual actors, but it's just fun to see. Yeah, but... No, I, uh, yeah, that's, I was talking to Brian Posehn um, a few months back, and uh, and he was saying how hard he, he had such a hard time explaining to his family. I think he grew up in like Northern California, and he had such a hard time explaining to his family, like, all I want to do is be like the guy who shows up in one scene in a sitcom and gets a laugh and then wanders off and i was like dude you made it <laughs> you yeah. did that you yep. american dream unlocked brian you did it <laughs> yeah that's it 100 percent. i i've always been lucky enough to have that scene that kind of steals the show and then i don't have to work as hard as the 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 let's say the better looking guy a lot of times oh you know? yeah oh god help us i was just i my i was visiting my aunt uh and she has um she is a real Hallmark Channel devotee, mm. and I was I was watching one of the Christmas movies, um, you know, uh, a Christmas miracle at the New England Inn. Let's say sure. um, that seems like a good <laughs> enough title for it. And um, everyone is so good looking. Yes, <laughs> and they're all pretty good too. With you know, mm -hmm. given the material they have to work with, but um, I just I I do not think I'm uh, I'm on the radar for those kind of projects, and that might be okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's fine that we're not the people they think of for that. But we also, at the same time, I think we're we're decent looking guys. We stay in okay shape, but we stay in okay. Yeah, we don't yeah. have the bone structure of those men. 
You know what I mean? It, I, yeah, I don't have that that um, that symmetry that one needs. Like this, one side of my nose is different from the other side of my nose, and and that's going to keep me out of any sort of gazebo in Calgary or wherever they shoot those things. Yeah, they're never going to be like, uh, okay, we think this guy who's down in his luck but is incredibly handsome. Can he have rounded shoulders? Can we? <laughs> like it's not. I don't think. <laughs> Can he be diagnosed with kyphosis? That would be great. If we can, uh, yeah. Yeah. And And honestly, guys, the weaker the chin, the better. Weaker the chin. Oh, my God. This is Hallmark, guys. Can we talk about where we are here? This is ridiculous. And I I, I love it all. I mean, I was thinking about this today. I had this thought. uh, So I don't. I don't prep for these. I just I like to get it out as we record. I think it's a lot more fun that way. Uh, But I was thinking I was like, you know, I bet you've done a decent amount of, of, of classical stuff, right? Like you've probably done some stage stuff that would be. Oh, you know, not as much as not as much as I would like to. No, no, I, 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 um, I, I am super pretentious. So people think that I have done a lot, but, um, no, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who, who, who takes acting classes. So they will let me do Chekhov and they will let me do uh, Shakespeare and, and Miller because I have not had a chance. I came out of New York, but I started working in commercials and then I came out to LA and started working in sitcoms. And I just have not really cracked the theater code uh, hmm. yet. I was, I was an English major, so I've read a ton of that stuff, yeah. but I haven't gotten to do it on stage, which is uh, uh which is, uh, it's a bummer, frankly. It's something Mm -hmm. that I I feel I'm missing. Not to, like, prove anything, but I just think it would be fun to just... Yeah, I I definitely had the the grass is greener kind of thing when I visited. Uh, I've been there plenty of times growing up in Oregon, but went to the Ashland uh, Shakespeare Festival with my parents and my wife, and and we got the backstage tour, which is just done by an actor. They just take a day and they kind of go, oh, I'll do it, and guy walks around with a cup of coffee and takes you everywhere through the costumes and the backstage and stuff and on stage and off stage. And you kind of get that feeling of like, this sounds like a perfect summer in a lot of ways. Right. Because right. Yeah. Guys are I, doing I, these stuff, you know, like I don't want to do Winter's Tale. I don't li- really like that play. Uh, but <laughs> you know what I mean? At the same time. Dude, I did, Le- I did Leontes in a class like amazing. six or seven years ago and it kicked my ass. That's a, that is a, that is a that is a problem play is what that is oh and by I, which i mean it's just one problem after another <laughs> yeah dude I, I i uh was in the gym with i think the guy who played him and he's just this huge dude and like i uh i saw the play and everyone's commitment was at 10 and it was incredible and stuff yeah um but i, I also saw i i saw this uh, 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 more contemporary things with you know some younger actors and stuff and I was, I was, I really got that a, a, a kick out of seeing one one woman who had literally one line the whole play, and I'm sure she was in a ton of other stuff because you just rotate in those, yeah, in those yeah. festivals. But you know, afterwards, my my wife and uh, and parents and I went and had a drink and talked about the play we'd just seen, and she would just came to the bar and had a glass of wine with her friend, and I was like, yeah, it's probably her off night. Yeah, I got one That's line. That's phenomenal. One line. I can go have a have a couple pops. You know, nothing tomorrow. Be back in time for the curtain call. Because <laughs> I'm in Richard the Third tomorrow, and they, yeah, I can't mess around. <laughs> um, yeah, I that would that is such a that would be such a great thing. Like Oregon Shakespeare Festival, Utah Shakespeare Festival. I'd love. Let me put it out there on your podcast with its reach that I am available for that kind of work. I'd be super into that. 
I would be super into that. I get off books fairly quickly. You know, it's funny, like anytime you get to take old language and try to make it sound vaguely contemporary that's kind of a fun challenge even if it's mm-hmm. just like courtroom cliches even yeah. if you're just like playing a lawyer who's doing all the lawyer tropes of like your honor may i approach the bench you want to put your own spin on that you want to put right. your own spin on that you want to put your own uh spin on now is the winter of our discontent you know you want to <laughs> you yeah. want to just try to like what would my version of that be Oh yeah, I, I feel like I don't know how good of a Hamlet I would do, but I killed it as Dogberry in. Uh, oh, in you shred Dogberry, man! Much about nothing because you know what? I saw play Dogberry in Central Park when I was in high school. Uh, Jerry Stiller. Um, oh my God! Perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Be- because you're. I mean, I don't want to say uh, a third of our uh, political movers and shakers these days are Dogberry, but it really feels that way. It, it's a solid 33%. Yeah. Every, every uh, uh, cop who never should have gotten a, a badge, much less a gun is Dogberry. Um, uh-huh. Every, every uh-huh. person who, every uh, technically a grown man, but who never really worked for anything who puts a suit on and goes, I'm a businessman. It says that out loud. That's Dogberry. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It, it, once I learned, it was just unearned. Oh, it's unearned, unearned authority, but he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Dogberry. I will yeah. have fun with this. Yeah. And it's it's something. It's something. Uh, it's it's weirdly. It's both soothing and frustrating that um, that that archetype is four hundred plus years old now. <laughs> That, yeah. that Shakespeare was like, oh yeah, we have we have incompetent suits, but yeah, you know, we are in Elizabethan England, just fine. The plague mm-hmm. hasn't taken them out. We're just no, the, the, the same the same shit always pops up. I I got a, a same thing. I was soothed and also saddened by um, Blank Apache tweeted today. The great thing about America is that every generation has to fight for the same rights. I'm just like, oh fuck, God, oh, God. it's it. It's oh, it. Oh. it never ends. <laughs> No, it's true. It's it yeah. is uh yeah. And not that it's just us, it's all of us, it's the world. But um uh but I I will say this, I always uh kind of am, am baffled and fascinated by actors who make a living acting. Um I will oh. say the amount the amount that I uh book jobs um, I could not make a living off of just as I call them it, I, to me it's like winning a scratch ticket. Like, oh that's cool. <laughs> That hasn't happened in a while, and that's nice. It's nice, but it's not. It's it's not. Uh, it's not the main thing. And, and I'm not. I'm not saying that to you. You wouldn't want to rely on scratch tickets, right? You would. You, yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. I, I'm not saying that to you as if you've kind of cracked a code or something, or something ever to pass on. I'm sure that there is there is other things that you have veered left and right and things like that and stuff, but. Um, I do know a good amount of people who that's a, a decent number, probably more than eight, that that's their main thing. And I'm like that. And to me, that's a lot, you know, no, it's 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 I've been I've been fortunate. And it's funny because one thing I did ask really early on was just I just asked for a chance to go out for more dramas to go out for more hour longs and I I didn't do it necessarily with the sense of like I must show the world the extent of my instrument it was literally just like I think I can double my money if I'm going out for hour longs as well 100% and and it led to this wonderful wonderful chapter of my my life 
where I was playing suspects on uh, on police procedurals uh. for. And I literally, this is not an exaggeration, like every fourth or fifth audition, Matt, I had to say the line, wait, you guys think I killed her? (laughs) (laughs) And I got really good at it. um, (laughs) But yeah, again, it was just, um, so I think the reason I'm able to make a living, uh, all this to say, is uh, is that I I just wanted as much hustle as I possibly could. So like put me out for, for these hour long things. I don't want to just do sitcoms. I don't want to just do cartoon voices. Let's see if I can kind of expand things a little bit. Um, because yeah, if I was just doing half hour, I don't think I, I would be making, I don't even know if I'd qualify for insurance. You know, I, 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 I was just trying to like get out there as much as I could. And it's led to some really kind of cool stuff too. It's led to, you know, uh getting interrogated by gary sinise and you know cool shit like that that is um that is 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 satisfying and um just sort of keeps it from getting too redundant yeah i mean that's i i've definitely made some inroads there where it's kind of just like hey why don't i and i think that's how people have to look at it is like kind of expand your view rather than go why don't i get to do that Go well. Yeah. What, what are my options in terms of what I could be allowed in to try? You know, or yeah, or, that's know. a great way to put it. That's exactly it. Like, what can I try? What mm-hmm. can I? Let me just try and get me in those rooms, and yeah. let's. And I'll, I'll try and take it from there. But I also, I mean, it, it's so funny because there is still, you know, they see a bunch of comedy on your resume. They see UCB. They see stand up, and they go, "Okay, this person does one thing." Yes. But we're all, as you as you alluded to in your intro, you know, most of us are grappling with some level of darkness. Without a doubt. <laughs> give, give, give us a shot at the drama work, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it, it, the people th- are always like, "Well, every comedian's a clown crying on the inside, and so dark, and so dark, and they're such such terrible people." Like there are people that don't do that, but it's like that that say that about us, and they don't know. It's like no most comedians I know are actually very good people. We just talk about our darkness. We talk about yeah. how horrible we are. And so it comes yeah. out that 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 there that there's that and, and people only see us. Yeah, for, for sure, as clowns. And yeah. it, it's it's unfortunate, but it's it's like I get it. I hundred percent get it if I'm not getting in the door for a thing because I've also done some producing. I've had pilots and I've been had to do the thing where people are auditioning for me, and that is a thousand times harder for me than auditioning being on the other oh, end, yeah. picking a person. It's just impossible. I've been, I've been down to five guys or five yeah. women. And I'm like, I cannot, I have to throw a goddamn dart. And it's, it's, you know, it's gotten back to me. That's, I was down to me and someone else. And it got back to me that they, they wish they would have gone with me like at, at least twice yeah. in my life kind of thing. But it's, yeah. that's just, it's, it's beyond, it's a, it's, outside of luck of the draw it's like crazier than that you know? well, once you once you have been on the other side of the audition process though if you do it properly it it should relax you exponentially right in terms of what you're worried about and how in your head you get about um, auditions you go in you do the best you can if you're lucky you get on a short list if you're super lucky, you get the job. But if you don't get the job, it isn't because of one of your failings. Right, right, yeah. And I and I always think about how 
thankfully we all are a little bit more, I think, in touch with ourselves and our frailties. And we all kind of make fun of each other. And it, right. the times I've been in the same room with the same guys, and it's so fun to like just have fun. I I think about how crazy it must have been in the 80s where the stakes were so high, where you could be a movie star tomorrow. Like those days are a thousand percent gone, which right, right. honestly, thank God. And, yeah. you know, I <laughs> there was a story that that like Robert Downey Jr. talked about how his ego was so insane when he was young that he would come out of an audition room and tell sincerely tell all the guys there, you guys can all go home. I got it and walk out like he would just say that. And so now I'll do that. But everyone cracks up. Everyone you know, knows I'm you're like, fucking with him, right? Yeah. It's in the bag. <laughs> Fuck off, Bassane. And just walk out <laughs> And and it's like, and deep down, I'm like, I didn't get it. Like, I know. I can see in there. I saw their eyes darken slightly. I know I didn't get it. I know it was. They were not excited once I started because whatever reason, my my face didn't fit their idea. Whatever, whatever it was. But yeah, but it was out of your hands. That's something I I, I genuinely. If people think I'm crazy, but I genuinely miss in-person auditioning for that aspect of Absolutely. like the foxhole beforehand with you and Craig Kikowski and Mark <laughs> Evan Jackson and Brian yeah. Palermo and all of my 40 somethings um, yep. who yep. were, were, you know, you know, reasonably like oh this absolutely could be the husband, you know, and it's uh-huh. not funny that he's the husband. He's just the husband. Yep. Um, uh, and uh, I, I missed that that camaraderie that I didn't necessarily have in my 20s and 30s where I was a little more desperate, a little hungrier. Yes. But I go in now and I'm like, listen, it's going to be one of us. Yep. Maybe we grab some lunch after this, you know? <laughs> Maybe. I'll wait in the parking lot. Yeah. I, yeah. The, my, I, one of my favorite memories was being in a – it was me, a uh, couple guys. Frank Cayetti was next to me. Sure, and, sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> There was a guy who, I don't know why, I didn't know who he was, but he was just staring at his own headshot. Oh, and yeah. Frank Cayetti leans over my shoulder, and it's very quiet. Yeah. And uh, it's like sing whispers in my ear, Nickelback, you know, look at his photograph! Like in my, <laughs> and I'm, I start laughing, I'm like, sh- I'm putting my hand, o- I slap my hand over my face and nose, and I'm just shaking with laughter. I don't want this guy to know I'm laughing at, I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing at, but it just was so, first off, it was so absurd that this guy just, I think he just zoned out, but it was like the Frank made, you know, as George Carlin said, uh, like muffled on a loud laughter is the hardest laughter. So it's like, it, yeah, it, yeah. I think I went to yeah. the bathroom to laugh, but it was just this, cause it's, you're, you're just, you're, you're, you're just waiting to die. You're waiting to get shot down or whatever. And you're just like, well, here we go. You know, it's yeah, yeah. I, I miss it. I miss the silliness. It's so strange. It's it's such a strange thing to miss, man. But you know, you don't know. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I I'm struck by the amount of people who you know it's a problem when people are writing about it online randomly on Facebook and Twitter and things. But the people are just like, yeah, I think I've done like 80 self tapes for nothing this year. You know, and and I think we all feel that way. It's, oh yeah, it's crazy because I think with especially now they're just firing off. It's they used to they used to make offers first, then bring us in. They're doing it all at right. once. 
Yeah, so, yeah. Which, that pisses me off because I have a coach who I pay to self-tape with me. And I'm kind of like, right. can you just fucking, it's one of those things like, hey, okay, if you're listening, uh, SAG-AFTRA, can we make that a thing that you have to exhaust offers first before you go right. to us? Non-names, you know? Everyone is everyone is uh, is scared that they're going to get to, you know, production and they won't have their actors. So they're just, fr- everyone's frantically covering their asses. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I've, I've had people who are, who like will be reading and, um, and, you know, the, the, somebody, the assistant will break in like, Hey, so sorry to bother you guys. Scott Foley's on the phone. I'm like, Oh, so Scott Foley's going to get this. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I have him. I have the guy you want. Oh, hi, John. I have the guy you wanted. Yeah. I know, John, we don't validate. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It's going to cost you $12 to waste your time. And, uh. Sorry, yes, this is an audition room is in Venice. Have fun driving. <laughs> Did I mention that? Oh, and it's rush hour. <laughs> no, my, I, have to, I, have to, I have to share this uh, before we get to the calls and, and uh, uh, get back to it. But like I, I uh, Bobby Lee, I saw him at the comedy store a couple days ago. He's an old, he, we were on Mad TV together and, and stuff. Right. And I remember him talking about, and I, and I, I shared it because we were talking about William Shatner and I was saying how William Shatner, when he went up in the rocket, I said to him, I was like, were you hoping it would blow up? Because he told me this story, uh, Mad, where Shatner came up for a sketch idea or something. Uh, someone was going to do him. And, and Bobby was like, fuck that guy. And I was like, go on. What's the problem with him? And he told me this story. And this is, this is what, you know, we all have these tales. And if you have yeah. one, you know, load it up. Okay. The thing, ha- a thing happens that makes you, you know, we all, we all have this unrequited rage. We have these moments where you're like, you don't get to do this to me. And of course they do, you know? Yeah, they absolutely do, yeah. You get, we've all been effed over. This is one of my sure. favorite effed over stories. Um, okay. And, you know, Shatner is a notorious a-hole. Like, just yeah, I'll famously just, so. I'll say it. But he, <laughs> Bobby gets flown into Vancouver to do a commercial. This is before he was on Mad TV and all this stuff. And he's in he's in Vancouver and he's with the director where they're going to shoot and they're going to shoot. I think I think he's there for, for a fitting and the director and him are sitting now we're talking or something. And um, Shatner shows up. It's going to be Bobby Lee. And Ch- he, he's in an ad with Shatner. Shatner shows up and uh, the director's like, oh, hey, Bill, you know, how's it going? And he's like, hey, and he's like, I want you to meet uh, Bobby Lee, your co-star. And William goes like with Bobby right there. No, we don't need him. I have an idea for what we should do. It's just me. And we have, he literally writes him out of the ad in front of him. Whoa. Doesn't go. And look, even if I was that level star and I had an idea where I'm like, we don't need this dude. And I don't, I would be like, I'd be like, can you just give us a second? I have to talk to him uh, privately. And I, if I were the young actor, I would be like, I'll be in my room or whatever. Yeah, in you're one Shatner. I, I we don't yeah. need him. Points at you. We don't need him. Wow. Here's my vision. It's just me. Oh. And he, what, what? And the director, oh. director, looked, the director looked fucked up, looked mortified, like, uh. And William goes off to get a sandwich or whatever, and he's like, "I am so sorry. We, uh, I, I guess we'll." talk to your ref we will have you back on another ad you know whatever it was this guy had to oh, scramble my. for damage control God. we don't need him 
So then when I said it, I, I was like, Bobby, were you hoping the rocket would blow up? And he's like, I can't believe you fucking remembered that. I can't. That's insane <laughs> that you remembered. I just was like, I love it. Bobby, that's one of the best stories I've ever heard in my life. It's that is great. I've never been I've never been like douched out that hard by by anyone. I have I mean, I've, I've taken my lumps, certainly, but that is savage. That's the meanest thing I've ever heard a Canadian do. That is so brutal. Good Lord. Can you imagine having that oh kind of heart to do that to someone and then go on with your day? Just go on with your day, like and just having a normal day, talking to people, your family, whatever. What'd you oh, do but, today? But the, but the Lord takes Leonard Nimoy. Right. But the Lord, yeah. the Lord takes DeForest Kelly. We lost him. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's that insane. is savage. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was bad when I shot a commercial where I had to be uh, uh, like in crutches on top of a, of, of a car that had been in a wreck dancing or something. And then uh-huh. I just got a letter in the mail that, and it was with a guy from the ESPN Sports Center. And I got a letter in the mail that was like, it's not going to run, you know, so you don't get residuals. And I just right, called, right. I called my then, then commercial agency, which they were, their heads were so far up their own asses. They just loved everything they ever did. And they knew everything and, you know, didn't talk to me like a person. They talked to me like I was a child actor. And so I, <laughs> I was like, I just want to confirm this. And she just, the agent just, she just goes, she goes, that's how it goes. Sometimes they just shoot them and don't run them. That's it. I don't know what to tell you. Like she talked to me as if I called screaming at her and I was just like, Hey, I just wanted to. And I'm just like, I hung, I was like, you know, I feel like I got a one, two punch there. I got this letter. Oh my God. You talking to me like I, as if I said, Hey, Hey shit, fuck. What's the deal? <laughs> I, I never said that. You know, As I, I, when, when people are, are preemptively uh, assholish like that, and it's not exclusive to this business by any stretch. I, no I tempt all over New York City before I became an actor. I can vouch firsthand there are assholes in every industry. God help you. You ever find yourself in management consulting. God oh, wow. help you. You ever find yourself in pharmaceuticals. There's douchebags to go around. They're just louder and a little more sometimes a little more confident in their douchery in, right. in this line of work. It's hard to say what the, what the exact differences are. You've also heard of a few of more of the douchebags in this business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's Shatner's all over the world. They just don't have oh. his name recognition. In every field. In every field. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I, as I always say on the show, uh, before we get to the calls, um, do you get asked advice? I do. And um, I always um, I'm very hesitant to to give it. Um, uh, I, I get asked for like career advice, which is it is dopey because, you know, my, my career advice is like, well, here's what you want to do. You want to um, you want to get one of those jobs where you write copies, uh, you write uh, brochures for a management consulting service. Um, and then you want to have a nervous breakdown. You want to start crying at your desk a lot to like an embarrassing amount. Um, and then you want to start taking improv classes after you move back in with your mom. And then, you know, so I mean, like, I don't know how to point people into right. like this line of work. But um, I am uh, happy to share uh, whatever I can. I love that you put all the disclaimers up front uh, about clinical help. And um, but yeah, by all means, you want to you want to talk to a clinical depressive who can't manage his uh, who can't balance his checkbook. I'm your guy. Let's do that. That's what's up. And, up. And I feel like that's what people look for on this show because it's it's Great. always we 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 are we are laying bare our. Um, 
our bullshittery, this, all the crap we've been through and going, uh, hey, this, I don't know, this is what I went through and it helped me, this might help you. You know, mm -hmm. and, but like what you said, I'm struck by, um, I was on uh, Never Not Funny, Jimmy Pardo's uh, um, podcast yeah. and, you know, he's been sober for like 20 years and he had, a, someone was like, some, someone was talking to him on, on a call in or something was like, Wait, so so to be funny like you, should I just start uh, drinking Jack Daniels straight out of the bottle in a bathtub? And Pardo right away goes, "In fairness, in you know, like, <laughs> it's like I am, I did that, but I am here now, you know, like, it, <laughs> like so you saying that it's like, you know, it, it it worked for you to have that breakdown, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I a, guess so, you know. Well, I'm not uh, saying have, go go out there have a nervous breakdown. I'm saying. Uh, I, I look at my regrets as it's like the butterfly effect. You know what I mean? If I right, hadn't exactly. had done that horrible thing or fucked up like that, I would not have it as good as I have it now. And I wouldn't be as grateful if that makes any sense. You know, absolutely. No, I needed to, um, I needed to be really miserable to get to the, uh, <laughs> the, the high functioning, uh, uh, work that i'm doing right now also that was a very solid pardo you just uh, leaked out there thank you um yeah that was very there was a if i closed my eyes i was like oh that's that's jimmy pardo that's that that uncanny i did comedy death ray when i first got to la and it's like, like the lineup i was so intimidated with like him david cross andy kindler you know all these you know yeah people. yeah and i remember him just pulling and i was like i what can i do i'm just writing down what, what's my funniest act right now that's new enough or and he just gets on stage with a piece of paper and just puts it on the mic and just stares at it. No, no. Like choosing a thing he wants to say. And then he yeah. just looks, this is like 2004 or something. And he looks down the front row and a guy goes, hitch. You're going to see it? Hitch. Looks good. Hitch. <laughs> like, and I remember just crying because I'm like, that's funnier than anything I'm going to do. Because hitch A does not look good. No. Uh, hitch, you know. <laughs> And he said it as if we, as if you're saying like Star Wars, awesome. He, you know? my, my favorite Jimmy Pardo throwaway bit is when he's doing crowd work, and he goes, "So what's your name, Jeff? Jeff? Am I saying that right, Jeff?" And you're like, like the more those basic white guy name in the world sounds like it's spelled. He's like, "I'm uh, Brad. Is that right? Am I saying that, Brad?" <laughs> Just you're, fucking yeah. destroys me. It is so goddamn funny. Yeah. Absolutely. I did a I did a commercial with a guy who who went to a something he judged or it was a a, a charity thing and he while it was going on Pardo sat in the audience with people and he sat in front of this guy I worked with and he kept looking back at him and going, "Do you like this? What do you think of this? Is this good? How do you feel?" And he's just he wasn't disrupting, it was between the acts, but the guy was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the funniest guy I've ever sat near because he just wouldn't stop looking at me and asking me because he's just like just go go go. It's so good. So good. He just find he just finds humor in the smallest, dumbest things, and then just beats it to death beautifully. It's oh, so yeah. great. It's he's so like great. A, he's like a bouncing Betty. He's like a like a grenade that you just throw in a room and it just blows everything up. It's very small yeah. and powerful. Um, yeah. Okay. So with that said, I uh, I I don't know if you know this, but I never I don't I never listen to calls. Uh, Renee, okay. uh, my uh, illustrious producer, he listens to them. He picks them out. So we, we have a couple calls. And then there are two. I mean, I know what they are because the people wrote them in. But um, uh, the calls, the recorded ones, don't know. So if you're ready, roll the first one. Hit it. Hit it. Hi, Matt. Uh, love the show. Um, 
just to try to keep this simple, I might be having a, you know, a second midlife crisis. I'm kind of stuck at a job I absolutely hate and uh, pays the bills for right now, and I'm miserable every single day, and it's literally making me sick. I'm in pain all the time. I uh, also kind of stuck in a situation that I don't have a transportation to get around, so that kind of limits my job prospects. And uh, just kind of don't know where to go with my life. I I know this is really kind of general and random, and <laughs> yeah, I'm rambling, but uh, right. just putting that out there. Maybe there are other people in my situation too. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Love the show. Uh, you're fantastic. Hello, lovely guest. Uh, hope you have a great day. Bye. Hello. First off, thanks. And second off, don't ever worry about being. I I, pre, it, I always say it takes so much guts to just call, even though this is anonymous. So like. Also, did. she was complaining about rambling, and I think she came in under sixty seconds. I I right out of the gate, she's being too hard on herself. <laughs> I've, I've had dudes that have gone on for a solid three minutes and just never, never once were like, look, I know I'm going on. They were just like, yeah, another thing, you know, I, uh, I, and this is, this is a larger endemic problem about society where, where women are just consistently instructed to keep it short yep. and, and they've got that shit, that sort of built in misogyny yeah. that is just baked in and it, it keeps them from owning their power. And and what they have to to offer, and I I wonder if that's a, a case with with the young lady we just spoke with. I think it started with Matt Lauer saying to Hillary Clinton, uh, "Your response as briefly as possible." Like, why? <laughs> it's, I remember, awfully, it's awfully generous to uh, to put I, it as recently as two thousand and sixteen. No, I know, I know. But yeah, I'm hundred kidding, but like I remember him. <laughs> I remember just being. I remember before this, before all the 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 lock the the. the Door, the button that locked yeah. the door, shit, and the rape back. Yeah, but like I just remember seeing that and going, Jesus, like, yeah, fuck, Matt, what is wrong with you? Um, yeah, but, but yeah, you're right, you're right, it is telling. Um, so what what advice would you would you give? Um, you know, well, the way I see it, she has two she has two choices or two two paths rather to pursue there is you know the new job thing and it's a scary job market out there and i'm yep. not sure what she does or what her skill set is so i i'm i discourage um a sort of a rash quitting it has worked right. for me in the past but i discourage a rash quitting yeah but what i i think is and i think this goes for anybody don't make it your life you know your job doesn't have to be everything you do i have a I, when i'm allowed to do my job it is very very fun but I also, you know, make time to to sit in my in my my room and play guitar or uh, watch anime with my son. Or uh, I, I did the super cliche white guy thing of getting really into bed break, uh, bread baking last summer. Sure. Yeah. When I started making rye, I was getting into it. Got my elbows deep in that stuff. Um, find like a thing that you can look forward to when work is over. Yeah. Um, and even if you're like, oh, I'm going to be really tired, you'll be a little energized if you have something else to do mm -hmm. uh, uh, afterwards, you know, and having absolutely no idea where this woman lives. She said she doesn't have transportation, mm -hmm. but she's getting to her work, I'm guessing. 
um, or maybe she's working from home. I don't know. I just think there's so many options for 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 relatively cheap things you can do. Um, um, just you yeah, know, I mean, I've got. Just, to, yeah, to se- go to second what you're saying, I'm hundred percent on board with what you said. To second what you're saying, I really get annoyed by people who, you know, their second thing from what's your name is what do you do, and that's been our go-to forever, and that's that is kind of defined by our capitalist society. Um, yeah, yeah. Not getting any kind of political here, but it is this thing where it's kind of like, well, if you're not earning, it's something. What it, that you are your job, which is not true. Which is no, you are not necessarily what you produce. You are not necessarily. No, I, yeah. you know, I'm not funny all the time. Neither am I an asshole neighbor all the time, which I played at least six <laughs> times. You know, it's so yeah. it's, it's, it's not, it, neither are you a murder suspect all the time. I mean, no, no, you know, no. Yeah. I and, try and, not. Yeah. Yeah. So like, not all the time. Some, we all have those, I'm gonna know. sound. I'm gonna sound so like freshman year UC Berkeley here. But like, what if we started asking people, "Hey, who are you, and what do you love?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, what do you like? That that's the that's the thing I was just thinking of in terms of you need you need a vessel to get out of it, and not the traditional one of I go to a bar and I drink, and it's like that's great too in moderation, obviously, which I have in my life, honestly, a lot of times. No more I. I will say there instead of instead of that as your go to, which is like that is just on, on the capitalist thing of consume, 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 go right. on Reddit and find groups that talk about things that you like. And then that's me finding people who have similar interests to mine has just throughout my life opened horizons where you, you learn, know, you know, yeah. I, I as a stand up doing doing a, a comedy show I used to do in, in WeHo uh, every two weeks or something. I learned about being a closed captioner for the hearing impaired. And that was my last real job before I really full time stand up. Yeah, me and Kyle Kinane, we both worked at um, uh, Caption Max in Burbank, and it was lovely. I mean, I did it. It wasn't a real time one. Those those people are are uh, like on another level where they just yeah, do yeah. Like games and things and news. I would get well, they're basically like court stenographers, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's not yeah. what I would do. What I did was more like editing, where it stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. But I'm editing an off an episode of The Office, or I'm editing, uh, you know, America's Top Model, or I'm editing uh, The Erotic Traveler, a softcore sure. porn show. You know, like, but it was very fun to be in an office environment where I would take off my headphones and go, "You guys got to hear what this guy just said on Girls Gone Wild. Listen how drunk this guy is." And then you play yeah, it out and you play it for the office and everyone laughs and you put it back in, you get back to work. And I only say that I, I, I as I, it, it's like, I did not even plan to, what I plan to say is pursue your interests to get your mind off your job, but you might learn of other employment through these interests. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's kind of pie in the sky, but it did, it happened yeah. to me. So yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there's so many, um, there's so many organizations that need help right now. And I know the volunteering can be really fucking hard, mm-hmm. but um, it's so good for the head. Um, yes. My family, the whole family volunteers with an organization here in LA called Food on Foot that do um, 
uh, homeless advocacy, but it isn't just working towards shelter. It's job training. It's skill. Um, it's getting these people uh, employment placement. It isn't just free meals. It's it's really trying to like fix it so these guys are no longer without homes. Mm. And and that's been an incredible shot in the arm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I I think the the overarching thing, and we 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 all forget this at our own peril, is to not make your job your everything. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that honestly goes for me as much as it does for you caller, because I, yeah. had a, I had a real low day on Tuesday where I looked back on my year and I, I, I real I didn't feel fulfilled in certain areas of my career. And I kind of looked at myself as a bit of a failure in that respect. And that was utterly bullshit, but I kind of had to let myself feel that way, you know, but I'm just saying you're there probably too much. I'm there sometimes, yeah. and it just sounds like you're, as I was, focused on the wrong things. You're focused on the bad things in your life, and for, God, at least 45% of us, that's their job. The yeah. amount of people I know and that, that just hate what they do for a living is insane. I have an uncle who worked in finance, hated every second of it. Oh, second. Every second. And... Uh. When he retired, he was a new guy. He was a yeah. brand new guy, you know. Yeah. And I, I love that you're driving now. This is fantastic. I'm just, I'm, I'm literally just moving my car because uh, I, I was in the temporary guest spot. No, and fine. I, 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 I just, I had to call here. it out because it looked. I just felt like we were on the run, you and I. I just, if um, I saw, that's what he is. If I just <laughs> saw, about like, thirteen miles an hour, but yes. If we, I mean. If, if I if I saw like the police lights in your window and you're just like, and another thing, I, your mental Here's health. Thing, you, you, I see you sliding a clip into a cigar. <laughs> Jesus, John, you are remarkably calm. Hey, I mean, life's funny. Pop, pop, pop. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> Listen, caller. Uh, I don't so, know. You know, there's more than one act in American lives. Suck on this, bacon. Gush, gush, gush. <laughs> so, caller, I, I, I hope that helps. I, I That covers it for me for that one. Is there anything else you wanted to add for that, John? Or? I think I think that was the, the most I could I would have to offer. But I, I will echo your suggestion about um, Reddit, which has been cleaned up over the past couple of years and is actually among your less toxic social media uh, areas and yep. does have a lot of fun little subreddits and um, niche interest areas that mm -hmm. um, that you'd be surprised that uh, can be can be helpful. I find it really fun for gaming. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's yeah. a good place to even if you don't use Reddit, explore your interests. Focus yeah. on those. Focus, on, the, focus yeah. on what you want in your free time rather than thinking yes, about how, how you dread waking up for your job every day. You know, yes. Just, it's hard. It's going to be hard, but give it a give it a swing. And again, thanks for calling. Um, okay, uh, caller number two. Hey, Matt, this is Leanne. Um, I am calling today with the question about online dating. Is it even worth it? I'll huh. try to spare you the long sob story, but I've been divorced for, I don't know, three, three years now, and um, I married the first man I fell in love with in college and we were married for 20 mm. years. Turns out he was only in it for about, I don't know, 
six or eight of those years and uh, had me completely snowed. So he did a lot of cheating, and I have a lot of trust issues. On top of that, I know I'm not conventionally pretty. I'm not young. Um, I can't smile that well. I had Bell's palsy, which paralyzes your face, <laughs> half your face. So uh, mine usually goes away. Mine really hasn't completely recovered um, after 12 years. But despite all the things that my ex-husband has said about me, I'm actually a really cool person, and I'm fun to be around, and I like people, and I like relationships, and I'd like to have one again someday if it happens. But I don't know. Online dating just seems like, for someone who's basically never dated, seems like a really bad idea. So maybe just wait for the world to get better, and I go out and try to meet people in life? I don't know. What do you think? I'm a big fan. Thanks for any insight you can give, as always. Hey, first off, let me just say, if I'm coming to your town, DM me and I will. you come in free with anyone. With a friend, two friends, because, you know, honest, honestly, like, you seem, you seem awesome. I really love that yeah. you put stuff out there and shared all this stuff and said exactly how you feel and you were succinct. That's literally one of the best calls I've ever gotten in, my, in, in, in this whole show. It was incredible. That was yeah, so that sounds great. I mean, everything you've been through, everything you've, you you feel, and every, and also giving yourself credit, being like, but you know what, I'm, I'm cool. And holy shit, like I had therapy today and I was, we were talking about being single and with, with uh, uh, my guy, Alan, and like, I was thinking, we were, we were talking about, I, one thing, how I used to F up when I was single is I just overthought every single date and I thought of a perfect microcosm for how you should try to approach dating. And it's Seinfeld. Anytime I watch Seinfeld, all of them are single. They're always going on dates or not. They're always in relationships or not, but they're always them. And I always loved seeing that. And listen, I'm not saying watch sitcoms because they teach you life. No. But nope, don't do that. Don't do that. No. I liked how lighthearted they were about how dumb dating is, how dumb yeah. relationships are, but how great both of them can be, especially relationships. And you're right. Dating, it, it, it's, it's annoying and it's pointless and shit. But like, honestly, if you just share a little bit of that with someone and don't give a fuck about how they feel, and that's impossible, but... That's hard. It's hard. But hard, it's, it's but a good goal. It's a nice thing it. to reach for. You yeah. having less practice doesn't make you better at someone who's been on a thousand dates, frankly. No. If I, you know, you can just, it's, it's all a stupid little dance. And any date I've been on, as soon as the two of you admit that right away, then you're, it, you're off to the races and, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're ahead of the pack, so to speak. Yeah. So, Agreed. Yeah, don't just, I think what you're doing is you're, you're, and I'll throw it to you in one second, John, but I think what you're doing is just over fucking thinking it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, make a make a dating profile. Don't try to be something uh, you're not, and don't care to be something you're not because you're enough and you're great. So, um, you know, keep at it. Understand there is nothing wrong with being single at all. Nothing. Like nothing. As long as you're doing okay, you're taking care of yourself and all that jazz. Being with someone does not make you better or worse. So, 
just just have this time to date and I know it's gonna suck but when it doesn't that makes all the suck worth it so that's what I'll say take it away John and try not to get in a shootout I I I have I, I'm a well there's a couple things that are coming to mind I, I saw a meme uh, recently and I hate to be the guy who quotes memes but yeah. there was a meme the other day that I saw that, that I, I posted on my Instagram that was something to the effect of when I was younger, I, I prayed for everything to be okay. Now that I'm older, I prayed for the bad stuff to at least be funny. Now, <laughs> with that in mind, I urge you to go ahead and try online dating. Now, look, I here's how I relate to you. I was in a relationship from ages 18 to 27. So I uh, wasn't a marriage, but it was a, it was a nine year relationship. And when I broke up, that was a third of my life. Wow. And that can be really overwhelming. Now, those are big numbers. So I get that feeling of like, oh, this is somebody I'm in college. This is somebody we're doing this. Yeah. Um, the um, but when we broke up, it was 1998 and, and online dating wasn't really a, a, a thing like it is now. Um, uh, I had a pager. Um, but can I, um, ask, can I interject? Please. D did you cry to third eye blind? If that's too much to oh, ask. No, no, I would have. I would have been crying to Bob Mould. Um, I oh, had yeah. my breakup music, but perfect, I was a little perfect. too much of an indie indie rock dick for nice. uh, third eye blind. It would have been. Sure. It would have been a lot of solo Bob Mould. Good question, though. Okay. So I. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so I, I'm. I know that sense of like, oh my god, there's so many years. I am so out of practice. But I firmly believe there is a lid for every pot. And I think online dating is the way we prove that because mm -hmm. you're not limited to just the people in your inner circle. You right. know, you're able to to spread um, your horizons a little bit more. Um, yes. I don't know what your financial situation is, but I, akin to what we told our previous caller, um, taking a class might be uh, a fun, something you're interested in. You'll find somebody else who's interested in that thing. And perhaps that would be a, uh, a way to meet someone. I met my wife in an improv class, um, which gave me a career and a marriage. Um, but you know, what's your improv? Perhaps it is a cooking class. Perhaps it is a pottery class. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in adult education. Uh, I, I think we can, I think it feels amazing to pick up new skills. Um, and by the way, you said something about not being young, but I'm doing the math. Matt, are you with me on this? She's around 40, right? So young. I mean, yeah. Okay. The grand Come on. Scheme of things for dating, for being single. I mean, I'm sure there's someone in Nebraska screaming at me saying that's old, but like, Hey, you're wrong. And I'm sorry for the stereotypical attitude, but it's just, I do find when I'm in bigger cities, we've we've all waited way longer than I mean, I had my first kid in my mid forties. First and yeah. but yeah. Which is um, late, I but that. I don't I've care. No, it's fine. We're also we're also living a lot longer than our you know, we're not gonna die of typhus at thirty eight, you know. We're we're 100%. living a lot longer than previous generations. Yes. But if she was in a marriage for 20 years with someone she met in college, I'm thinking she's she could be thirty-eight. Yeah, you know, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. And I've also, vis-a-vis -vis the Bell's palsy, which I'm not going to ignore, but mm. I, I did a when I when I was on the the show Speechless, I did a bunch of work with with people with disabilities, and I can't tell you how many of them were in relationships. Mm. Um, 
and uh, with all sorts of, of physical or, or cognitive uh, limitations of one thing, one kind or another, they found each other one way or another, you know, yeah. and it, 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 and I, and sometimes they found each other through the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's odd how often I'm recommending the internet on, a, on an advice column, but they're, you know, the internet is a tool and um, use it carefully, but there's some good information out there. I, I strongly recommend you you do what Matt uh, said and, and set up a, an online profile and, and don't take it all so seriously. Yeah, exactly. Not to be like, have fun with it because it's going to be daunting, but yeah. the big thing is just don't kick yourself in the ass over it or, or, or worry about it and, and wonder why it's not all coming together because hey you've got time and even if you didn't it's it's all it's all an experiment everything yeah yeah you're in a relationship it still is um okay hope and by virtue that by virtue of the fact that you listen to matt's podcast i will vouch that you are cool yeah i'll take it i'll take it um and uh and listen to bowie's too uh i i have uh I have two uh, quick ones before we go. These ones okay. that write in. So these are just top. Um, let's see. I've uh, stress eaten for nearly two years, and now even my elastic pants are screaming at me. Exclamation point. That's it. That's all they put. Uh, so you you all you you've always been in decent shape, but last time I saw you, uh, you're with Seth uh, Morris, and you guys are walking, and I was I had the baby in the stroller. And you struck. I was like, you look in great shape these days, man. You really oh, do. that's that's yeah. nice of you to say. I, I mean, look, I'm I'm I've been seeing a trainer. You know, there's mm-hmm. I, I have the luxury and the time to do such things. Right. So I am hesitant to recommend that. Um, I'm also in a town where, like, anyone who isn't on camera is behind the camera training the people who are on camera. Sure. This, it, it's a it's an absolute buyer's market for personal trainers in Los Angeles. Um, right. um, I, I as I get older, I am abundantly aware of how important exercise is, yep. but I also know how tempting stress eating is. I found out recently. Here's a question. Here's something I might ask this this mm. this caller. Yep. I found out recently, I was doing some reading about childhood trauma, and there's a tendency for people who have had childhood trauma to not just stress eat, but specifically go towards greasy, salty things to get like wow. into a real like, a place of like, like really into fried food and, and, and that sort of like stereotypical greasy comfort food thing, totally. Totally. Uh, almost pathologically. So... Is there anything you're not looking at that could be leading to the stress eating? Yeah. Is the, is the stress eating our root here or is that a symptom of something larger? Not right. for me to say, again, neither Matt nor I are therapists, nope. but I have been doing some reading recently about childhood trauma and, um, and it, can, it can lead to weird dietary decisions. Interesting. Yeah. The only thing I'd add is like I, I'm now – you know, like I'm addicted to exercise. Like, I don't want to say that, but I am, if I don't exercise for like two, three days, I, I feel like I feel guilt and, 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 and yeah, I don't feel as, as I just don't feel physically as good as when I do have a, a, a workout. And it's just on the road, I'll just pull up, you know, I use Peloton, they have stuff online, but even if you're not doing well financially and Peloton's like 50 bucks a month, 
for the bike to pay for it, and then the classes are less. Uh, they, and they and, but if you don't want to go that way, just go to YouTube and you can pull up exercise classes. For me, it's all about classes. It's all about someone showing me what to do, music, yeah. me not forgetting myself, but just committing to a half an hour or 45 minutes of commitment almost every day. And then I go, uh, 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 okay, now I'm sweaty and I take a shower and I stretch or whatever. And it just, that has done everything for me. So like, once you start doing that, you, you tend to, you know, eat a little less or at the very least you burn up far more of those calories when you do eat after. So yeah, and it also helps you deal about. with it, it. will help you deal with the stress that is causing you to eat in the first place. It really it's it's the positive version of a snake eating its tail. Right, right. Okay, hope that helps. Uh, next one, uh, <laughs> having a kid in three weeks. What was I thinking? That's uh, that's it. That's, the whole I just, that's it. That's it. This. <laughs> oh man, you and know how, you have you have two. I have two. I have a, and they're they're quite a bit older than yours. They're fourteen right. and twelve now. Um, okay. So I have I have a teenager and a tween. Nice. Um, what you were thinking? You were thinking a couple of things. I'm going to answer you very directly. I'm going to answer your question. I'm not going to give you like you. I think we're thinking. Um, I, I, there were so many dicks I went to college with who had kids. So I need, I need, I need to, to flesh out the gene pool a little bit. Sure. Um, because when the second I started getting my alumni, my college alumni magazine, all the business majors were just like rabbits. They were just pounding those kids out. I was like, oh, those, yep. that's a, that's a lot of awful people who are coming into the world. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I was like, we got to put some nerds into the gene pool. Let's, let's, yep. here there we go. go. Let's, let me, oh. let me, let me, uh, let me make a couple of Wes Anderson fans and, and send sure, them out into the go. world. Um, <laughs> You know, so you were thinking that you were thinking you wanted um, to feel what it was like to have your heart outside of your body, mm. um, wow. and wow. Um, and then the other stuff is that you clearly just wanted to um, uh, you know understand the humility that comes with cleaning another human's asshole, yep. and I think that um, uh, and and you're better off having done all of it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, all, all that, and the only thing I'll add is you are uh, welcome, welcome to constant, beautiful grief. Uh, someone yeah. someone yeah. put it perfectly that you are, as a parent, you're in a state of constant grief because you miss the person that was, the, even though you love the person today, you miss the person that was there yesterday that would never be there again. Because they're always yeah. growing, they're always getting bigger, they're always becoming uh, progressively the next thing. Whereas yeah. the rest of us are basically done. We're basically, you know, we're formed, we're baked. Uh, yeah. And now we just get stale as time goes by. Uh, exactly. But, and you, you will watch something blossom in front of you, and it will be fascinating. It's an, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's the greatest show on earth. Uh, yeah. And you, you, I, you know, uh, like I, I, I loved how Patton Oswalt put it, where it's just like everything I ever nerded out for was nothing compared to this, and that you, it's, yeah. it's unique. It's unique to you, which is fantastic. So. I would warn against doing that boring ass shit where you try to share it with someone and tell them exactly how it feels because you'll never you'll never do it. Uh, yeah, it's chemically different for all of us and unique yeah. to all of us. Um, but you you will have that now, and though it will be a, a, a you know a, a monstrous chore, uh, you'll it you'll love it and you'll be better for it, and it it takes the weight off all your other silly 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 problems. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. 
and no. send and uh, and you know what? Send send Matt pictures and he'll forward them to me. I'd I'd love to see the kid. Yeah, let's see this kid. Uh, I I love a baby photo. And and three weeks. Congratulations, Jesus Christ! Amazing, amazing. Oh, cr- Christmas baby. Christmas, yeah, right on. Christmas baby. Nice. The, nice. The coming of the new Lord. Uh, so John, is there? Let's now's the time to plug. Can you talk about your uh your podcast? Uh, um my podcast is called household faces and it is just that it's a a podcast where i interview the people who you recognize but maybe don't know by name mm -hmm. um so if you were to google guests like uh rick overton and xander berkeley and amy hill you'd be like oh hey yes of course i know that person because they are household faces it's a lot of working actor stories there's um I, I think my approach to interviewing is sort of an ungodly mix between James Lipton and Chris Farley. Uh, <laughs> I, am, I am I am technically minded, but also a very enthusiastic fanboy. Mm. Um, it's been really um, it's been really exciting to uh, to to work on it, and um, I I'm, I'm proud of it, and I, I think people are really enjoying it. That's great. That's great. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, I. I got it. That's actually my next, my next one, uh, to, to dive into. Cause I just, um, I just discovered, uh, uh, Dave Holmes's, um, waiting for impact, which if, if, anyone, Oh, is that good? Oh, it's incredible. It's just him searching for a band that never came out. That was promised to come out in the Motown Philly, uh, video boys to men, uh, just this one group that never appeared and he tracks them down and also talks to, um, people who, almost were big like almost like had record deals that didn't go anywhere or whatever and yeah, yeah. now and they're all very happy people and it's nice just, i listened to it yeah you know, i said i was down on tuesday i listened to it hiking on tuesday and it just it just helped it was like oh my god i needed to hear this you know to kind of i mean it's all about perspective like what is what is success what is dave, really dave holmes is fast becoming one of my favorite culture writers he's just he's great his his perspective on on our current media ecology if i may is always fresh and insightful and funny Mm -hmm. and he's just he's just a becoming a really important voice i think and i i he's a delight yeah he's a great friend and i love reading his his writing because it's all it's just sums it up and it's so funny so yeah um, yeah Okay, so check out Household Faces, everybody. John, it was awesome to have you on. Um, Thank you so much for having me, Matt. This was really a delight. Oh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you had fun, and I'm. I'm sorry that the police are here to take you away. Uh, That's just... okay. I had a good run. I had a good run. <laughs> I will visit you in prison. Uh, oh, yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, it's going to be like you know. Listen, it's three to five for possession. It's no big. It's no it's big. Absolutely no big. You can, you can do really that standing it. on your head, man. That's no kind That's of exactly. This will be. This will be nothing. It'll be nice to see some old friends. <laughs> well, good seeing you, man. Thanks again. Take care. Good times. Be sure to check out Household Faces wherever you listen to podcasts online. Speaking of podcasts, I have an advice one. Want to be part of it? Call in. If you got a problem? Call three two three seven six three zero two two eight. Don't wait. Just do it. 323-763-0228. Thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.